You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We know there's kvutzot people that do not wear masks, even though the Israeli government has mandated it. Um, and of course, not only the Israeli government, but doctors and rabbonim, like Rabbi Shur Weiss and others, have strongly upheld this. Let's say um, you see people that aren't wearing masks. Can you call the police in order for them to maybe arrest or give tickets or whatever it is that happens when they come up and they see the people aren't wearing masks? So they asked um, Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein, of course, was Rabbi Yashiv's son-in-law, very well known. You see the picture of him here, the Rabbi of Ramat al-Hanan. And he says, you shouldn't call the police, but this is what you should do. Ein lazmin mishtala b'shabbat. Kayemet eitzer tova yotel. What is that? If he's coming in without the mask, tell him we cannot have the minion with you here. And the bit of a minion is al rosho. We believe the person will be embarrassed, and he will put the mask on. And this is the way it should be on a weekday as well. It says, you tell him, either you wear the mask or the minion is stopping right now. He says, that's the first thing that you are supposed to do. Now, um, uh, we've been talking here about Rav Zilberstein's psaac and whether it's strong enough. I do want to tell you that there's another psaac from Rav Zilberstein that was circulated before Yom Kippur about someone who came into show without a mask and uh, Ruven came into show without a mask. Shimon screamed at him and wow. told him how terrible it was, shamed him mercilessly, and, yeah. Ru- and Ruven left the show almost in tears. Levi went over to Shimon uh, after Rosh Hashanah and said, remember uh, what, you, what, you, what you did? You remember how you shamed this person? You need to ask him Mechila. So he asked from Zilberstein, do I need to ask him Mechila? Zilberstein says, Chas what you did was 100% correct. You don't have to ask him Mechila. And if you ask, it's also for you to ask Mechila from him. Because we need to be strong about this. So I would say that, that Rav Zilberstein is one of the strong people as far as this goes. So, you know, I'm just pointing that out. Whether you should call the cops is the question. Yeah, no. So you you believe getting the police involved is definitely not is not look there's no, there's nothing scarier than being arrested right so that'll stop it if people know they're going to be arrested you know there's not going to be if ands or buts right why they'll be heroes no it's not necessarily not necessarily you're not saying you're saying that the ones arrested will be martyrs for what they exactly for the cause yeah it's all it's all very very uh tiny mm-hmm. steps to to handle such a critical situation it really is working against mm-hmm. how Jews function we're very social we need each other for minyanim and other things this is, has to be completely revamped 
We're going to move on to a little bit of Hilchas uh, Loshon Hara that um, the Chavetz Chaim speaks about uh, people who can say Loshon Hara in a sneaky way. Um, people speak Loshon Hara, it's like they get the point across, but they fake their body language as if, oh, did I say something wrong? Um, and obviously, you know in your heart you were trying to get bad information or negative stuff said over to someone else, but you don't want to be seen as a gossip, so you sort of like say it as if you're the, as if you're so innocent. Um, one example the is, is brought in the following case. Let's say you tell, let's say Ruven tells Shimon that Levi um, really put a lot of money in the addition that he made for his house. Um, so, but he says it, he says, yeah, it's an $85,000 addition that he made. In many circles, spending $85,000 just to get an extension of a room is considered, there's so many much more important things you need to spend money for. You have to make your house bigger. And therefore, it's possible that the person hearing that will consider Levy uh, a, a, a person, a hedonist who just cares about his own pleasure. Um, but he acts as if he doesn't do it. And, and that could happen a lot. People like tall, telling, in other words, it's not power of, to say how much money a person spent on, or even that he spent a lot of money, or he's building an addition. What's wrong with saying he's building an addition? What's wrong with saying that uh, he threw out his old furniture and he got uh, a bunch of uh, very expensive stuff? In many circles, that's considered living like a uh, like a hedonist. So you need to be careful, even though you don't make any value judgment or comment. Um, another way, uh, you announce the amount of money that he gave, uh, even though you know that the guy, people know that the guy is rich. Um, so you say, well, you read out, okay, uh, uh, Vanderbilt gave a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. That's all he gave. And the person saying it acts as if, oh, oh, Vanderbilt's rich. I didn't know that. Or you act as if people don't know it. That's called sneaky Loshan Hara, which of course you're definitely over, even if you don't say it in any way uh, that's negative in the way you say it. Um, now, another way, of course, is that you want to talk about a certain person. And you know that this person did something which people don't like. And you speak to people who know him. And you say, and they know what this guy has been doing. And you talk about those actions. Don't you hate people that that do this and that, that walk in this way? Um, and you never mention that person's name. But you know who you're talking about, and they know who you're talking about. That even though you never mention the person's name, and the record shows you never mention his name, it's as if you were talking about him. And therefore, the, the type of comments that you make, all of these are examples that the Chavetz Chaim says, you can't escape. God knows 
And it isn't about technically not saying Lashon Hara. It's not about being Talmudic. We know that the person is considered worse in people's eyes because of that. One of the things that um, comes up in Eretz Yisrael a lot is the names that modern Israelis have uh, developed for their children. And, And some of them actually come out of Tanakh. Now, the Gemara Numa says the following. How do we know that when you mention a Russia's name, you mention it, but you want it to rot? So there's a Fosik, Shem Rishayim Yerikov. Well, where is it in the Torah itself? So if you take a look, it talks about Lot leaving Avram Avinu in the beginning of this week's parsha. And it says, Vayechal Ad Sedom. And right away it says, Va'anche Stom Ra'im V'chataim Hashem Ma'od. That's not necessary, is it? You, so you see from here that when something is bad, right away you apply how bad it is. Now, Rav Yoshev points out that Shem Roshayim Yirkav means you don't even mention their name. Now, Lo Maskinen Bishamayu. But it's not usher to give such a name. We don't do it. We say if a person's a Russia, but it's not totally usher to give the name to a child who's the name of a Russia. Now, in fact, if you look in the Gemara and Yuma and the Rabbeinu Hananel, he says it's an Eitzatova. It means you're not going to be Matzliach if you have the name of a Russia. If the name you have is the name of a Russia. But it, you know, um, in the Marsha, in Tainus, Rebel Yoshev, again with his incredible Bikiya, says the Marsha disagrees. That with a Russia, that name needs to rot. And that means just like something that's rotting and nobody uses it, Jews should not use that name. So the Marsha says, Isser. So according to the Marshos, an Achron, he's not a Rishon or Kabbalah Hanano, it would be usher to use a Russia's name, to name your child after a Russia. However, Rebel Yoshev points out that there are Rishonim that say in some places uh, you can use a Russia's name. Something else from this week's parasha. What about Yishmo? So it's already a question the Rishonim ask. The Ritva asks in Yuma, why is it that people give a name Yishmo? Now it's not so it's not so popular anymore, but there were Rabbanim, not only the famous Rabbi Yishmo, Argus Rabbi Akiva, but there were Rabbanim in, in the Middle Ages and afterwards that had the name Yishmo. Um, so why is it that this has been if the Marshal is right, why is it that we do have the name showing up pretty regularly in um, among Jewish people, a name Yishmael? Um, 
Now, if you say Yishmol did tshuva, and that's again, that's next week's parsha discussion in the Medrash, whether Yishmol did tshuva or not, um, okay, that might be okay. So even though he was a Russia most of his life, but he did tshuva at the end, so Yishmol might not be such a bad person to use. He did tshuva. But if he didn't do tshuva, it seems to be schwer. So Rabbi Yoshev says that there's a famous answer. And the answer is, the name Yishmol is protected because God told Chogar to give that name to the child. So if God decided to give that name, so despite the fact that the person who had that name might have been a rush until the end, that name is a name that has a Kedusha to it and can be used. Um, we know, of course, that the name Yochanan, which I'm not sure if it shows up in Tanakh, uh, but it was very popular in, in Bayesheni, Um So, what about Yochanan? Um, my Rebbe was Rabbi Yochanan's wife, you know, uh, and it, it is a very prestigious name, uh, Yochanan. So, um, the Gemara says about one of the Yochanans that uh, Yochanan Kohen Gadol became a tzduki, but Rabbi Yoshev says in Tanakh, if you look, you will find the name Yochanan before that. What is the klal about giving names? If you can find a tzaddik that has that name, and even though you can use the name, that is enough. The tzaddik, as long as there's someone with that name, um, that could be good enough. And even though others don't, and that would be a, a good answer for Yishmol as well. Once that we already see that the famous Tana Yishmo, maybe and they shouldn't have named him that, but uh, once he got that name and he uh, he lived it in a way that he was, gr- of course, so great, and it doesn't make a difference if the Yishmo, the son of Yitzchak, I'm sorry, the brother of Yitzchak, had that name as well. So, you know, many people sometimes struggle with what they should do in terms of, of names. I myself, um, our first son, you know, was Chaim. And um, there was a question about what we should name him. And my mother-in-law wanted to name uh, the child after her brother who had died. And um, he wasn't a Shemer Mitzvah. Um, you know, he was a fine fellow, but not a Shemer Mitzvah. This is my first child. So um, I felt that I would, I mentioned at the bris that there there was another, I didn't mention my brother, my, my, my wife's uncle who died and he died young too, but I mentioned another Chaim. I mentioned a Chaim that I had had a lot of connection with, Chaim Valerjano, who was, uh, who was of course the student of the Vilna Gon and I spoke about him at the bris. So even though I always told my uh, my mother-in-law, you know, we named him Chaim um, uh, after, you know, and I, I said, you know, and that's a good, that's a good zecher for Uncle Harry. But in my mind, and I spoke about Rav Chaim Belozhner, uh at the bris. Well, the Rav, you are recorded here. You know that. 
Yeah, I know, I know. I say a lot of things on the recording here that I get in trouble. But you know what? My family, my family, maybe Acher may have asked from Shana to listen to these recordings. But right now, right now, they aren't listening so Robert, much. Robert Kivalevich. Yes. What is the um, dean for a naming? Uh, can we name a child after a relative who died young or over disease, you know, before his or her time. The minig is, that, is not to the minute the minig is not to do that. Not to. Okay. It's yeah, not that's to. what I heard. Okay. Right. Thank and, you. and here there was actually two reasons. He died young and the man was not um uh mitzvos. And I don't know if that's a Russia. I don't know if you would call that a Russia. I don't know if it would be the Marshaw's Easter of being a Russia. But still, and I think this comes up a lot, I think what you need to do is be um diplomatic. And listen to what Rabbi Yoshev says. If you can find someone who, with a tzaddik who had that name, then don't worry about the fact that, oh, we're naming him after this, we're naming him after this non-religious relative. You can always uh, insert into your mind and hopefully into the child, as I always did and I always would tell my son about who Rabbi Chaim Belozhner was and how great he was. And I hope that that has something to do with how our children develop. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.